Now, when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge. And now you've got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? United Artists and Chartoff Winkler proudly present Rocky Three. The worst thing happened to you that could happen to any fighter. You got civilized. Get out of here, will you? The truth is we both started out on the same corner, and I got lucky with my life, and it's driving you nuts. Philadelphia salutes its favorite son, Rocky Balboa. Why don't you tell all these nice folks why you've been ducking me? This guy is a wrecking machine. You know, you've got a big mouth. Why don't you come out and close it, Balboa? Come on. I want to fight this guy. You fight him without me. Balboa was a fine champion, but his time has passed. See that look in their eyes, Rock? Gotta get that look back, Rock. I the tiger, come on. I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. I'm gonna torture him. I'm gonna crucify him real bad. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. Damn, Rock, come on! There's nothing wrong with being afraid. You thought I was tough? This jump will kill you. You wake up after a few years thinking you're a winner, but you're not. There is no tomorrow. You're really a loser. Well, I don't believe it. There is no Rocky's greatest challenge to save his honor, his marriage, and his manhood against his most devastating and dangerous opponent. I'll bust you up. Go for it. Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, Carl Weathers, Burt Young, and introducing Mr. T. Rocky III, an American tradition. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Is It Yours? I'm Paul Spitaro, and I am joined by my buddy, Chris Tyler. Hey, Chris. Yes, it is I, the mountain of molten lust, the ultimate male, baby. And you're on with the ultimate meatball. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with that, but I was like, yeah, why not? I'll be there. The mountain of molten lust for this one. <laughs> so, you know, it, it has reached a point, though, like, we have enough things that we, enough irons in the fire that people won't automatically know what you're going to be on for if they haven't looked at the artwork for the episode. Nice. But, but we're doing the third entry in our Rocky series, as opposed to the third entry in our Die Hard series or whatever else we might decide to <laughs> jump in on. But today we're hitting Rocky 3, uh, which was released. I had it up on my screen. And 82. It's gone in 1982. 82? So you, that's like, a, like around when you were born? Uh, I would have been, let's see, what was the exact date? Uh, I would have been two and a half. Two and a half, so you, you were old enough to see this. Uh, I mean, by the time four came out, you know, they were in constant rotation, so, uh, you know. So sometime saw... between May 28th of, of 1982 and the release of Rocky Four that you, uh, were, were indoctrinated into the world of Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. All right, that's cool. I think now, I probably saw, I probably saw Rambo two first of any of his, believe it or not. Okay, well that that was 
to me that's a really solid one that we have not covered as of yet but we may, we, we may be getting there at some point not yes. too, in the not too distant future uh but we'll, st- we'll stick with rocky for now and yes. uh this one i saw in the movies and this was you know prime vhs time uh, and you know, tapes were still kind of expensive for you know yep. for for you know to buy them pre-recorded. But uh, I saw this in the movies, and I would say within two weeks of when I saw it in the movies, uh, my cousin had a VHS bootleg of the movie <laughs> that I made a copy of, and it wasn't you know was not a pristine copy. It was a little bit grainy, but other than that, it was fine. The sound was fine. The picture was very watchable. You know, just a little grainy. So, in that at that time, with it being a, especially with it being you know a relatively new movie still in the theaters, it got a you know quite a few viewings at that point <laughs> to the point where I would say this is the Rocky movie I've seen more than any other. <laughs> That's one in four for me. <laughs> it, it should be one, but it's this one. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with this one. No, no, this this is, <laughs> you know, I I, I am. You know, I, I'm, I've been thinking about it since we decided we were going to do this, and I'm hard pressed to come up with a lot of flaws in this movie. Um, okay, I love this movie, and uh, I love this whole series. That's why I'm on this retrospective with you. Uh, I mean, if you're going to level any sort of criticism at it, it's um, well, we want another Rocky movie, so how are we going to do that? Um, okay, we got to strip them back down to nothing again and build them back up which is it's you know, kind of it's the formula um and if you don't like the formula then you stop watching with the first one which is fine um but this one is it this these movies are a biography you know because they're following in relatively real time you know to the to the dates in which they're produced and the age of the actors in them and if Rocky became a champion at the end of the second one. Um, how long would he have defended his title for? What would have been the challenges that were thrown his way? In this movie, in not only trying to entertain you, but also tries to answer some of those questions, which I think it does to a successful degree. Well, my biggest problem, and I'm going to hit on that first, because I think otherwise we're going to fawn over a lot of this movie. Yes. Uh, when I said I was you know, hard-pressed to come up with negatives on it my biggest problem with the movie is i don't feel it's a consistent uh showing of these characters and their personalities and their backgrounds because rocky you know think about rocky and rocky 2 he couldn't even you know give a line in a commercial you know with the dummy card in front of him just you know trying to just get him to say it uh at the beginning of this one, they show him, you know, in all sorts of ads and commercials and on the Muppet Show, and you know, it, it's a little inconsistent with just his level of sophistication. I'm not well, saying he was ever a stupid character, but he was certainly no. a very uneducated character and very rough around the edges. But and you know, we get into this movie and he's been smoothed out totally. Uh, you know, he's living the sophisticated life in the mansion and he's very comfortable with it. Well, it's with money comes access to other things. And let's look at who he married. Um, Adrian is a brainiac. But she's not sophisticated either. She's not sophisticated, but she knows how to speak. 
And she also evolves along with, you know, him as well. Her character does get a little more forceful through each movie. Um, and she also gets a little bit more refined. And again, I imagine that if you came from nothing like these two characters did, you, there probably was a little bit of a growth spurt in terms of learning some of those refinements. And let's be honest, they're not like they're living well and their outlook may have changed a little bit. They're still, I still think they're the same characters, but they've had growth. I mean, this one is supposed to be, you know, five years after he won the title, you know? So a lot can happen in five years. I know my life five years ago was very different than it is now. And five years before that, I was a, you know, a much younger person and still had a lot of growing up to do. So it's, I, I think it's a reasonable expectation that, those rough edges are still there. They've been slightly smoothed out, but he's still the same guy to me. See, I think they've been smoothed out a little too much for for continuity purposes. For movie purposes, I'm fine with it because I enjoy the character the way he's presented here. Uh, but I, I, I don't think it's realistic that he would be as refined as he is in this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. And, uh, you know, yes, uh, Adrian can speak well, but she cannot sing. <laughs> and, and it just always, it always irked me. And it's not even, I don't think it's unrealistic, but it always irked me when she goes, do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess that really didn't have too much of an effect on me. So. It's like, he just sang it for you. You can't sing it right, Adrian? Come here. Come here. Get over here. <laughs> I feel like Carlo in The Godfather. Well, it's, if they didn't advance the character and smooth him out a little bit, then it really would be a retread of the first one to an even it would you know an even closer degree. So I, again, it's not it's not an issue that I have with these films because he you know he goes through ups and downs. So yeah, from a, from a movie perspective. You know, in watching this movie in a vacuum, absolutely, it's fine. Uh, you know, when again, it's more of a problem to me with a con- from a continuity point of view. But that's you know, that's neither here nor there at this point. Um, so, you know, the movie opens up and Paulie is nothing but a jealous, lazy bum. Oh, really? <laughs> and and I I mean I really enjoyed the scene. The combination of the music. And the camera work, the way it, it moves, really does a good job of simulating what it would be like, I think, to, to you drunk. know, to be drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm, I'm watching the movie totally sober and I'm thinking, OK, I remember being like that. And on, a, on occasion. Yeah, me too. And it, and it really, you know, like I said, I think it did, just did a nice job of, of getting that feeling. And then he uh, destroys what was an actual you know, real life uh, pinball oh, machine pinball. that, that oh, was out that there. That breaks my heart watching that every time. Like, oh. And then Rocky comes and gets him out of jail in his fine, you know, coat and <laughs> in his expensive car and in his much more sophisticated way of speaking. Uh, well, I mean, Polly calls him out on that too. You know, it's it, and even Mickey realizes it that he's not. That's kind of the crux of the movie. He's not the hungry guy anymore yeah no that's true that is true and he's got to overcome that lack of hunger uh and that is really the theme of the movie um 
but you know Paulie comes back and joins the family and then we get pretty quickly to one of you know one of my favorite things is when Hulk Hogan came in the movie as Thunderlips yeah. in the flesh baby yeah. uh, he uh you know I was familiar with Hulk Hogan before this uh, he was a heel up yes, until he this yeah he was a heel in the um was he based on NWA? He was based in the the NWA promotion. Actually, well, he he had come this, he had come to the WWF he'd before come this. To, yeah, and then he he left and because uh, he wanted to do this movie actually, so they kicked him to the curb. And um, once this movie made a ton of money and got a lot of good promotion for wrestling, Vince McMahon was like, "Oh, why don't you come back? We'll give you a lot of money." Uh, well, so. it, I mean, it, it, the combination was incredible. I mean, you and I are both big fans of I, i'm a fan of that era of wrestling i'm not really mm-hmm. uh i don't follow the current uh yeah, fair enough day but but at that at that time i was a big fan following it all and uh, I, I thought vince mcmahon did an incredible job of just building a dynasty off of what his father had done i don't want to go too much into wrestling here no, no. uh you know maybe 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 we'll we'll do that on your other show one day exactly uh, but uh you know he he took he took hulk this movie put Hulk Hogan into the public eye and then Vince McMahon just rode that wave to, to, you know, whatever, a billion dollars. Yeah. Ridiculous amount of marketing and and promotion for, for the Hulkster. So, but uh, you know, I I mean, I thought he was, he was great in this. He was, I, I do remember Sylvester Stallone talking about that. He would, not unlike the way the character was presented here, when they would film scenes, he would get so into it that Sylvester Stallone was actually kind of concerned, you know, that he was going to get hurt at some point. Yeah. Well, I, I like I like that his portrayal actually plays fair. I mean, a, after you know he does all the heel things that you expect a bad guy to do, and he gets the trash thrown at him at the end of the match something that you normally wouldn't see and and i'm surprised that they even were able to keep this in in some respects is that uh thunderlip says it's the name of the game you know and that and that's Ooh, we get that polaroid now yeah but um yeah i, I i'm sure by then a lot of people would kind of figured out the the worked nature of professional wrestling but even still for a movie in 1982 to kind of acknowledge that is surprising so it's, uh, well, it's it was nice it was before professional wrestling acknowledged it, per, exactly. you know, in it, on its own, which has happened subsequently due to yes. you know athletic commission rules and such. Uh, but you know, I love that, and then you know we we get to the point with the Rocky statue, and I do have a picture of me and some friends right around the time of this at the Rocky statue in Philadelphia. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. And. Uh, it was after this movie. It was on the steps of the Philadelphia Spectrum for quite oh, some time. Years, yeah. And now I'm. I think it's at like a museum or something like that. There's um. There were a couple of statues made. One of them still resides in the park next to the museum. Um. I think one is in the hands of a private collector, and I think the other one's in a museum. So there you go. Yeah, that's. Uh, you know, and then and then we have the unveiling scene, uh, and we meet. Well, we've already seen Clubber Lang. Clubber's at the charity event, yes. But now Clubber and uh, Rocky actually get to do a little face to face. Yep. And that's that's a great scene with you know, hey woman, hey woman. That's. <laughs> and I love when they redid it with the Super Friends. Yes, I do too. <laughs> it's um, 
you know, oh, that's a great picture. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, <laughs> Paul just showed me the picture in front of the statue. A lot, a lot of great mustaches going on in that picture. Uh, I, did, uh, I did have my 1980s stash at that time. Yes. Um, what's that going to say about Clubber? It's, uh, he's, from the instant he's on screen, you know he's a bad guy. You don't know how bad of a bad guy he is until he opens his mouth. And from that instant, you're waiting for Rocky to beat the bag out of him because he deserves it. <laughs> so it's it does a real good job in a very short amount of time to uh, get you to hate the villain. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, at this point, I was not familiar with uh, Mr. T at all. He, he was... He had been, uh, apparently there was, yeah, there had been like a bodyguard contest or something, you know, televised, almost like a, I don't know if you think it was like Survivor so much as more like the Battle of the Network Stars, <laughs> uh, but there had been like a bodyguard contest, or I didn't, I, I don't think it was even bodyguard, I thought it was a bouncer contest. Bouncer, yeah, but, and then, um, well, then he started hanging out with a lot of the wrestlers, I mean, that's, you know, partially why I think Hogan is in this too. <laughs> Because um, those two are definitely tight. <laughs> and yeah, but he, you know, he—that was his claim to fame at this point. Was he that he had, uh, you know, he had won whatever that contest was, you know. So he was a legitimate tough guy, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't just all put on for the, for the movie. Uh, and so we go and you know, just to to really kind of quickly bring us through it. Mickey doesn't want Rocky to fight, but Rocky wants to fight. Mickey kind of says, you know, you've been kind of, you know, all, all the guys were handpicked that you could beat. There was good, young, tough fighters, but not like this guy. Uh, Rocky convinces him to, to do the fight. He, uh, he trains for it, but then Mickey has a heart attack before the fight and Rocky's totally gives up the game plan that they had planned and he gets his ass whooped. Yeah. And he gets knocked out. What does he get knocked out in the third round or second round? It's early. It's it's early. Yeah, neither of the fights in this go go past what the fourth or fifth round. So so after that, you know, Rocky's kind of wallowing in depression. He gets approached by Apollo Creed, who says the reason you lost is because you lost your hunger. You got to get back the eye of the tiger. Uh, <laughs> he convinces Rocky to let him train him. They they go through a whole massive training montage. And then when they meet up again, Rocky triumphs. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 a Rocky movie. Yeah. But let, let's and I'm going to jump through just a little bit on the story towards the end there. When he fights at the end, I want to get your take on this. Uh, you know, he learns he learns how to to fight in a certain way. Basically, he learns Apollo's style of fighting. Yeah. And then during the fight, he what he does is he totally abandons that, and he just tries to get Clubber to exhaust himself, which he's successful in doing that, and then he ends up knocking him out because Clubber has exhausted himself. But why? Because <laughs> when he first comes into the fight and he's using Apollo's style, he's winning handily. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, you know what it is? I think it's... <laughs> I think he's trying to make a point um, because, I mean, they all realize that Clubber doesn't go go the distance with anybody. He relies on laying a guy out real fast, and I think that's what Rocky wants to do. Instead of trying to drag him out and go the distance with him and beat him on points or anything, 
he wants to kill him. <laughs> so it's at the end of the day, it's still Rocky being being Rocky. He's mm-hmm. gonna do things the way he wants to do them. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he, he's you not getting killed. That. He's getting angry. Yeah, it's uh, well, he he hulked up. Maybe maybe he talked to Thunderlips after that uh, charity. <laughs> he should have done the thing where he's like walking around the ring, shaking his fists, and yeah. then and then you give you give Thun, you give uh, Club Lang the, the the finger back and forth, yeah. and he, and then you drop a big leg on him and you're done. The big point and then the leg drop and it's done. Yes, big boot leg drop done. Um, actually, this is one of the best matches I've ever seen Hogan have is in this movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I I think that he, the training helped. I I think because if Rocky had just went in with his normal game plan and didn't get that extra bit of footwork and finesse, you could argue that the fight would have gone the same way as the first one. You know, it where it's just something had to click with with Rocky. He could see him breathe, could see Clubber breathing heavy. He knows he's not going to go you know, 15 rounds with them, and he wants to beat them up. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's, if somebody insults you like that, makes you look that bad, do you really want to drag it out, or do you want to just put an exclamation point on the rematch? Well, now, does he hold Clubber responsible for the fact that Mickey dies? Um, You know, I knowing the character, I don't think... I don't think he would, because... Let's look at what, and we need to tangent off into part four here. Um, Rocky is responsible. He Rocky blames himself for Apollo's death in number four. When it's, is it a little bit of that? Yeah, but it's also, you know, Apollo's stubbornness and Ivan Drago being an absolute murderous bastard. Um, I don't think he. I don't think he would blame somebody else for for his death. I mean, he knows Mickey's old. You know, he's not that uh, unwashed where he doesn't realize that people age, you know, because he would have seen people in his own life already come and go. I mean, he's, you know, we don't hear about his family at all, really. So we have to assume that, you know, they either abandoned him or they died young or when he was young. But I don't think he's vindictive to that extent um, to where he would blame somebody for for an old man's death, Uh, maybe in the moment. You know, which causes his concentration to lapse in that fight, the first fight. But um, he's not. Rocky's not cruel. You know, that's just mm-hmm. something that's not in him. No, true, true. I mean, and, and they established that really early on in the series when he's supposed to break the guy's thumbs and he doesn't. Yeah, he's just he's not. He's a tough guy, but he is sensitive and he's not. He's not clever. That's I mean that's kind of the kind of the big distinction. He's not that kind of guy. He's not a guy that had to sit in jail for five years and then build himself up. He's not angry at the world. He's not Polly. Polly's angry at the world. Rocky isn't. Well, Polly feels like the world owes him. Whereas I think Rocky feels like you have to earn whatever it is you get. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I think Rocky has the right perspective on things, whereas Polly is, you know, he's a jealous lazy bum <laughs> just, hey, you know there's one in every family somewhere and that's just that's just life 
Well, but but even I think Paulie even has some growth just in this movie alone because I think by the end he's kind of by that a little bit. He's, you know, he he's he's kind of grown with Rocky a little bit in this movie. Or Rocky's, as much as, Rocky's yeah. pulled him along with him. Yeah, as much as he as much as he can. I mean, he's still he's an he's older. Still he, he's still Paulie. He's still Paulie. He's always Paulie. He's even you know he's still the same even in the older ones. And he's the, really the only one who calls Rocky out as the series goes on about the stuff that he needs to be called out about, you know? So it's, is he kind of a, kind of a jerk? Yeah. But he's, you know, he's, he's Rocky's jerk. He's the, the, the one guy that you kind of need to have in your life to kind of show you the way not to go. And if you are being up your own behind a little bit, he's going to let you know that you're doing that too. Yeah. Now the move, as in, all of the movies in this series, the music was used to great effect. Uh, and they, you know, they brought in some new stuff. They didn't just play on Bill Conti anymore. You know, they brought yep. in Eye of the Tiger, which was a phenomenon when it first came out. It was oh, one, yeah. one of those songs that was constantly on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, you know, it, it really did set a tone for this movie. It's, um, I mean, it's, this one kind of sets the tone for the next two, really where it's very much a pop culture franchise and not just a a gritty street drama anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't have a problem with that. No, uh, not at all. So, I uh no, I enjoy the pop music in it. I think the their Survivor's song in part 4 is better, but that's me. Um so Well, now now throughout this movie Apollo is, you know, imploring Rocky that he needs to get back the eye of the tiger. Yeah. The question I have, and I do not know the answer to this question, did they have that scripted and then go out and say, we need somebody to make a song called Eye of the Tiger? Or uh, did they purchase this song and then put that into the movie? <laughs> that's certainly possible, and I know a lot about 70s and 80s hard rock and heavy metal, and I have not even looked into that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if – well, actually, no. You know what? Um, the version of the of Eye of the Tiger that's in the movie is actually the demo version of the song. The final version of the track is the one that's on the soundtrack. So it probably was, we're going to have this line in the movie, and what band can we get to uh, incorporate these lyrics? Just judging by the fact that that's a demo that's in the, um, well, the, the early version of the song that's in the movie itself. Um, that would seem to make more sense, just judging by the composition of uh, of how the final version lands on the soundtrack and not in the in the, uh, the motion picture itself I just opened up the wiki page for Eye of the Tiger it's, Eye of the Tiger is a song by American rock band Survivor it was released as a single from their third album of the same name Eye of the Tiger and was also the theme song for the film Rocky 3 which was released oh. a day before the single the song was written by Survivor guitarist Frankie Sullivan and keyboardist Jimmy Paterik uh, and was recorded at the request of Rocky Three star writer-director Sylvester Stallone okay. after Queen denied him permission to use Another One Bites the Dust. The song Stallone intended as the Rocky Three theme. The version of the song that appears in the movie is the demo version of the song. The movie version also contained Tiger Growls, something that did not appear on the album version. It features original Survivor singer Dave Bickler on lead vocals. So... It really doesn't tell us if he somehow commissioned them to do it, but the fact that he had another one bites the dust in mind initially uh, says that 
they probably found this song and then put those lines in the movie. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe if I'm lucky enough to uh, interview anybody from Survivor or Mr. Stallone, then we'll yeah, get the answers. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be on the forefront of your question list. <laughs> it would, for a guy like me, yes, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> well, another one bites the dust was probably its equal as far as airplay goes when it was a new song. So and and it does have a very very similar uh, kind of cadence to it. Yeah, similar tempo for sure. So I, I could see how how this kind of just took the place of that with you know without missing a beat. No no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I mean I wonder if anybody's done one of those edits where they track the uh, originally intended song into parts of the movie. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, it would. It, it it makes me want to do that, but I can guarantee you I will not. <laughs> I don't have the time either. I don't have the time, nor do I have the skills at this point in my life. Neither do I. So, let's see what other th- what other things do we have about this movie that stood out? It's um, well, it, and again, I mentioned that you got to kind of strip them back down to Rocky One. Rocky for for this one to to have any sort of emotional oomph in the movie, um, but him admitting to to Adrian that he's afraid, you know, it's like I I know he's got his doubts and you know he has that nice monologue when they're in bed together in the first one, but that's a quiet fear. In this one, it's a he's angry. It's an angry fear, which is which is different coming from from Rocky. Uh, you know what he says to her that he's afraid, yeah, and uh, it's it's just a different it's just a different look for him. And what um, what are you afraid of? I don't want to lose what we've got. And uh, I don't think he means the money because she says it's just money, blah blah blah. And you know that's the way the conversation goes. But I don't think he's afraid of losing the money. No. I think he's afraid of losing the respect and the level in life that they've reached as far as success and that type of thing. Yeah. And I don't think he's measuring that financially. No, I think it's a, it's always about with him. It's always about you know, am I who I say I am? Am I living up to what I can be? And, and I think another another loss to this guy. Let's say that it didn't pan out the way it does in the movie. It, it would probably be something that would that would break a guy like that because he does have. I hesitate to say ego, but but there is a little bit of that, and and there is a, a pridefulness to him of I was just a bum from the street, and now look at what I've earned for myself. I I think it's yeah his his maybe more his station in life and the respect that he commands from from others because of the way that he's worked himself up, and I mean Mickey telling him that you know all these guys that he was picked to fight mickey knew that they weren't going to beat him it's that's you can't really discount that either that's a huge blow to somebody that's a champ mm-hmm. you know that feels I, like I, he's he's reached the, pin, the pinnacle and yeah. then to be told well not really <laughs> yeah i mean you're you're still a good good fighter and you know that's your belt you've defended it all these times but we kind of made it a little bit easier for you because we you know we didn't want to hurt you and we wanted to protect your image and the belt and it, and I mean that happens to this day in boxing. I mean, look at some of these big marquee fights that you have now. It, I mean, have you really been interested in boxing at in any period of time since Tyson kind of went down the tubes? 
No, because it's everybody's got that ego and that image that they're trying to maintain. And, I just, you know, it's just, I don't even know where I'm going with this now. <laughs> the train has fallen off the track. Well, the one thing I could tell you as somebody who used to be a big fan of boxing, and, and I, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the fan I once was. And I, I've, like, I've put it more towards... I put the blame more on the financial situation where, uh, you know, you used to see these guys up and coming when they were on Wide World of Sports on the weekends. Yeah. And and you'd see them, you know, and, and then you'd see a lot of significant matches on HBO or on Showtime. Yeah. And it was, only, it was for a while, too. It was, I mean, you, you couldn't get away from boxing. And now but it was it's... only the really, really big fights that were on pay-per-view. Yeah. And some then would, eventually when they went to, demand... I'm sorry, what's that? Something that would actually demand your attention and your dollar. Yeah, exactly. And then it went to the point where every significant match was on pay-per-view, and at that point I just kind of turned a blind eye to it. Now, all that said, I will acknowledge that boxing is a brutal sport that probably should not exist. But I enjoyed it just the same. Uh, so, you know, that's that's my take on the sport of boxing. Uh, but... The one thing, you know, when I was a bigger boxing fan that, that I remember having pointed out to me when I was fairly young and really did seem to be the case was once the once one of these guys got knocked out, you know, when, you'd have a guy who was up and coming and even if, he, you know, if he went on to win the title or whatever, but once they lost a, a fight where they got knocked out, they very rarely returned to the level that they were before the knockout. Very, yeah. very rare. You, and, and I think it has to do with, uh, you know, sometimes they, they've reached the financial stage where they realize, you know, I, I don't need to put my body yeah. onto this anymore. But I think also having been knocked out, there's almost like a fear of that. And, and they're, they're conscious of it. And it, it's maybe even unconsciously holds them back and, and they just aren't the same. The one I can give you in particular that I just remember is uh, Alexis Aguayo, who was a great fighter in his day. Uh, and then Aaron Pryor brutally knocked him out, and they had a rematch, and, and Aguayo was just like a, a shell of what he had been. So Yeah, it's I see I yeah, I can't even imagine it. Um I got no problem if two consenting adults want to go in and have, you know, gloves on and, and hit each other. I mean they're everything is so regulated now. If you choose to keep going with it, I mean that's that's on you. Well, um, I'm sure there's UFC fans out there who say who are thinking, shut up, Paul. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, the UFC doesn't do anything for me either. So yeah, it doesn't um, do anything for me either. But you know, so I it, I can't speak again, as a fan of that particular. I, uh, I can respect thing. the athleticism and the training and the and the brutality of it. Um, and if you can make a buck doing it, go for it. Um, it just holds no entertainment value for, for me um yeah it's it, well the thing that the the rocky movies also do is that they they buy into their own concept where in these movies boxing is the most important thing in the world mm-hmm. you know which if you're going to make a movie about a boxer then I, you kind of have to do that you gotta kind of feed in to your own uh, central conceit if you're going to make a movie, several movies about the same guy boxing over the course of 30 years. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, then they're still doing them, so so it's over, yeah. over 40 years now. Yeah. I mean, can you think of any other franchise where it's been the same continuous narrative like that? It's, it's tough. It's tough to think. I mean, there's probably one or two out there. I guess Star Wars is getting kind of close to that now. Um, I, I mean, you, you 
you know, you could argue that Bond is a yeah. you know, is formulaic, uh, but not not to the extent of yeah. And we'll you know what we could talk more about that when we get to Creed and Creed Two because I think that those yeah. uh, you know play with the formula to great success. But I, I definitely think there's a lot of formula use in those. But but yeah. go, going back to this one, <laughs> uh, you know. Again, like I said, I think that they, uh, I think that I think that they did a great job of melding the music of the pop music and then you know the Bill Conti music and everything, to the point where I thought this became somewhat of a almost a music video type oh, movie, yeah. but it's one of the ones that did it successfully. There are a lot of movies that I, I point to as failures because they fell into like a music video formula. I don't. I think this one was successful with it. There were a lot of montages in this, uh, and and there were a lot of there there were some really good character moments, but there were a lot of moments that were kind of superficial where they just kept moving it along. But I still think it was effective despite that. Yeah, I mean, well, that, that, again, that's one of the big high spots in the Rocky movies, though, is you you want that triumphant music, whether it's the pop music or the Conti score, and you want to see Rocky getting better. I mean, it's it's the it's the same thing when you're doing a war movie where the anticipation of the battle uh, is usually better than the battle itself. <laughs> but again, that's that's why you're there. That's why I'm there. I I'm I'm there to get pumped up watching this character that I love get through his own crap and then. Uh, take it out on somebody else and it, yeah the three and four are definitely um montage heavy and i don't think that's a bad thing um again do you do you, do you want a three-hour rocky movie i i don't doesn't need to be three hours no no this <laughs> this is a, a this is a lean 100 minute movie yeah and and rocky four is is the same way i think it, i think it's even shorter than this one yeah i'm pretty um, sure it is and uh, again, the use of montage, and uh, I think I've mentioned it in the past, but I mean, this is uh, Stallone with this character is partially responsible for the popularity of sequels. This in, in the Rambo franchise. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere in the in the 1980s without seeing one of these franchises flip flopping back and forth year year to year. Um, and again, it's only because those characters and and you know rocky specifically have resonated with so many people um i mean there's no real appeal in a sports movie where you're watching the best of the best of the best and the conclusion is foregone so you know what else can you do except have an underdog story every time and you just tweak that for me a little bit. And how do, you, one, how do you create the underdog story by having him lose the first match and having his part, having his trainer die? I mean, it's I mean, the first one is just I'm a bum on the street. I can't believe I have this chance. What am I going to do with it? the second one? Is I've got my behind whooped, but I went the distance. Now this guy wants to fight me again. Okay, I'm also going to get married, and my wife's now pregnant, and she's in a coma, and I have to train. <laughs> and this one is, oh, crap, I'm not as good as I thought I was, and this guy wants to beat me up again, and I'm afraid, and my, my trainer is dead. <laughs> you know? Yeah, pile it on, baby, pile it on. Pile it on. Yeah, and I mean, it, that's what those movies do successfully, too. It's melodrama of the highest order. Uh, it's not soap opera melodrama. Um, it's not to that level, 
but it it is melodrama and yeah. I can't get enough of it. And it's yeah, it's quite good melodrama as far as I'm concerned. So you know, uh, you, do you know the numbers on this one? Um, actually, I think I do. I think I do. Um, budget, I'm not sure, but I, I, I think the final gross. I don't know if it's worldwide or U.S. was it was close to 300 million. It was a huge movie for 1982. Yeah, and the uh, you know back this is back in the days when 100 million would have been a huge budget so i'm pretty confident it was significantly less i can't imagine the budget was more than for this 25 million and i don't have i they they don't have the budget listed here but uh you know what let's go to box office mojo if that's where excited. i am right now really and i'm looking uh, do they have that locked behind the paywall now it used to, everything used to be free well um, any, anyway the 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 Again, you, I, I, you're just, you know, you're guessing at 25 million, but it's an educated guess, and I would say it's there's a good chance that that's pretty accurate. Uh, the gross was 124 million domestically, and another 124 million worldwide. Okay, oh no, no, so wait, 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 wait. It's got no. Actually, it says 100. Oh, you know what? There is no international. It's 124 million worldwide because that's the domestic growth gross. But on Wikipedia, it has it listed as 270 million. Uh, it did have a re-release in '83, though, which got uh, almost another million. So you got to factor that in between the the year, you know, that one year period where it was in and out of the theaters is. Yeah, but but these numbers are inconsistent, and I'm not sure why. Hmm. I mean, one is one is like triple the amount of the other. Yeah, well, these, these movies didn't cost a ton to make. <laughs> so, no, they didn't. And, and in, in any fun. event, we know this was a big hit. And this was definitely a movie that people went to see multiple times. Uh, because, again, this was before you know, before the era of the easy-to-take-home movie. Yeah. So you did have a lot of repeat viewings, especially on a crowd-pleaser like this one. Oh, and it is a crowd-pleaser. So, all that said, you know the question, Chris. Oh, is it Jaws? Yep. Uh, for me, it's Jaws. Okay, I'm going to say, and again, like I said, I'm hard-pressed to, to come up with any flaws in the movie, but I'm going to say it drops down to a Jaws 2. It, 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 to me, it's almost the definition of Jaws 2. It's very, very rewatchable, but it doesn't quite reach the level of classic. Uh, you know, I think Rocky reaches the level of classic. This, is, this isn't quite Rocky as far as the overall uh, final product. But it's it's really a great re you know great rewatchable movie, uh, and and I you know I, I'm I'm not I'm not dropping it down based on any anywhere any area where it failed because I don't think it it's did. just that it's not the original. I get it. I get it. So, yeah. but I but I, you know I love rewatching this one, and this is definitely one you know we we talk a lot on uh, listen to the prophets about what we call the flick test when you're flipping through the channels and this, if, if it's, it's on, on you're do you, watch it, yeah, are yeah. you going to stop and, and not, not change the channels anymore? And this definitely well, survives the flick test easily. Oh yeah. This franchise, when it's AMC or one of the, I don't even know what channel is that. I think they have the rights to one through five. And when they're dropping those in a marathon, it's like, all right, I'm in front of the TV for the next 10 hours. See you later. So, <laughs> Come back in a day or so, Maureen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, she, she loves these movies. She'll sit down and watch them. You know what? I'm not surprised, actually. So, yeah, we finally watched Creed 2 the other night, so. Oh, you just saw it? Yeah, I missed it in the theater, unfortunately. All so, right, well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. It's just going to yeah. be a while. 
So I, I don't even want to tell you to tell me what you thought of it, but oh, uh, but I can I I, but I could guess. <laughs> okay. So that'll do it for Rocky Three, and Chris will definitely be back. I, I think we've been kind of going back and forth, so next time it'll probably be Die Hard Three, unless we ding, ding. unless we throw a, a monkey wrench in the works. Uh, what is that monkey in the wrench? If we uh, quote quote Bruce Willis. Um, and and we decide to do do uh, first blood. Oh yeah, well you know, twist my arm. Yeah, I don't think I'd have a hard time getting you on board for that. So we'll see what we get next time. But uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you Chris for coming on, and we'll always, see you in two always weeks. Always happy to be here. Always good to have you, my friend. We think that that's really hard to just feel like. Well, I think maybe it's time that I should. Uh, Step down, maybe, and retire. You know why you can? Don't get a sucker, no statue. Give him guts. I told you I wasn't going away. You got your shot. Now give me mine. Why don't you get the hell out of there? Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. And why don't you tell all these nice folks why you've been ducking me? Politics, man. This country wants to keep me down. Keep everybody weak. They don't want a man like me to have the title because I'm not a puppet like that fool up there. You know, you've got a big mouth, you know. Why don't you come out and close the door? Come on. Come on. Come on. guy's crazy. Don't listen to him. The little man don't want to come to me. Then I'll come to you people and lay out the truth. I am ranked number one. One. That means I'm the best. But this bomb is taking the easy matches. Fight another bomb. I'm telling you and everybody here, I'll fight him anywhere, anytime, for nothing. But you, but you people ain't never gonna see that happen because he's gonna retire. You see, he don't fight no real man. He fight them setups. What? You're as disgraced to this sport. Shut up, old man. You and that chump don't know where I had to come from. Oh, your family doing real nice, ain't it? You call yourself a fighter? Prove it now. Give me that same chance. The way he's been ducking is the disgrace. If he ain't no coward, why don't he fight me then? You don't get no shot, and I mean that. I'm glad you people are seeing this here. What are you doing? Because I want to fight this guy. Well, you got him. You'll fight him without me. What are you saying? It's finished. Yes, I'm finished. I don't want no more of this. I don't want no more. You understand? None of them. It's over with. Hey, woman. Hey, woman. Listen here. Since your old man ain't got no heart, maybe you'd like to see a real man. I bet you stay up late every night dreaming you had a real man, don't you? I tell you what, bring your pretty little self over to my apartment tonight, and I'll show you a real man. You want to, you get out of here!